Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, March the 27th, 2023 at 12.53 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus, provider or creator? When we talk about God, should we see God as one who is provider or should we see one as see God as a creator? Now, I know what you're going to say. He's both. Come on. You're a theology podcast. He's obviously provider and creator. I know, I know, I know. But I'm going to ask this based off a specific chapter in the Bible. Let me explain what is going on. I was sitting here. I just finished the last live broadcast. Wasn't super happy with it. Wasn't happy with my reading of scripture. And of course, we had kind of a little technical glitch, but I was sitting, I'm like, okay, let's move past that. So I was just sitting here and I looked over to my left and right here to my left is the book, Know Him, a year of daily Bible readings on the character of God. I've done two podcasts about this book, right? And it's, I love this uh, devotional book because, well, there are no words of men in it. It's just scripture, but they do place it in some kind of category or, or give it a heading or, or say, or maybe a little statement at the end. But I mean, basically it's just scripture. So I look over, I'm like, oh, my, uh, March the 27th, that's today. The the, the title for this day's reading is God's Generous Provision. God's Generous Provision. And it gives me three scriptures, one in the book of Psalms, one in Ezekiel, and very interesting section of Ezekiel, chapter 47. If, you, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know we've been talking a little bit about Ezekiel 40 to 48. We're going to begin a, an extensive study of that soon. And then Matthew 14, 19 through 21. And then it, it has a little statement at the bottom, but I mean, basically that's all it is. It's just scripture. It's just scripture. So I, I'm like, okay, I'm a little frustrated by the last live broadcast. All right. Okay. But let, let's focus. And so then I, I see it and I'm like, hmm, Psalm 104. You know what? I'll just, I'll grab the book and I'm like, I'm just going to read it. So I read these words. Speaking of God. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted." Well, wow. Okay. That's clearly showing God as provider, not necessarily creator, right? The emphasis seems to be on his provision. At the top, it says God's generous provision. So once again, focusing on him provider. At the bottom, it says God generally provides to sustain his beloved creation, even in ways you can't understand, so I'm like, all right, well, that's that's provider, 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 provider. God provides, God provides, God provides. So then I was sitting here. I'm going, okay, God provides, God provides. Now, I definitely know he provides salvation for those he, he, he saves, obviously, right? So 
I mean, you could say he provides life for us because we wouldn't be alive without his sovereign, you know, we, we, we're breathing, we're living because of God. He sustains creation. So that's sustainer. Do we put that with provider? Okay. I'm just, I'm just sitting here like thinking it all through. And then all, all of a sudden I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do I take this provider concept and, and connect it with these very important figures? Around 9 million people die every year of hunger and hunger-related diseases. That is more, that is more than from AIDS, malaria, tuber- tuberculosis combined. Around 9 million people die every year of hunger and hunger-related diseases. A child dies from hunger every 10 seconds. Poor nutrition and hunger is responsible for the death of 3.1 million children a year. That's nearly half of all deaths in children under the age of five. The children die because their bodies lack basic nutrients. Globally, 822 million people suffer from undernourishment. I want you to just think about that. Every 10 seconds, a child dies from hunger. Now, you see where I can have a little bit of conflict, right? Over here, I got a book going, God's generous provision, Psalm 104. All right. Over here, I've got a child dies every 10 seconds from hunger. Wait. God's generous provision. A child dies every 10 seconds of hunger. God's generous provision. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Do I see Psalm, do I see Psalm 104 as a Psalm about God being provider? Or, or is it just a general way of saying he is creator? Should I forget seeing God as a provider? Should I just abandon that God provides for us spiritually, but he does not provide for us physically? Now, a lot of people say, no, 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 no. God will always provide your needs. Your physical needs or your spiritual needs? Do, when I say God is provider, how do I do this? How do I understand this? So oh, again, it's just, it's, if you're looking at this table, it's bizarre. In front of me is a Bible. Right underneath the microphone is a Bible. In fact, you heard me hit that microphone in my introduction. So here's Psalm 104. Now, my Bible that's right in front of me, Psalm 104, it says, God the creator. All right, that's awesome. Over here to my left is the knowing, Know Him, a year of daily Bible readings on the character of God. It's open to March the 27th. It says God's generous provision. Please note, provi- it's focusing on provider. My Bible says God the creator for its chapter heading. And, they, and the first scripture they give me is Psalm 104, 14 through 16. So the, the devotional book takes Psalm 104 and is really looking at God as a provider my Bible here is saying God is creator. And then over here to my right is an iPad, which gives me the reality that a child dies every 10 seconds of hunger. I can't even wrap my mind around that statistic. I cannot even begin to, to grasp that. I can't even, like, I can't comprehend that every 10 seconds a child is going to die. And as soon as this broadcast is over, as soon as this broadcast is over, I'm going to walk down the steps of this studio, I'm going to open the door and I'm going to be standing in my kitchen and I'm immediately going to probably start looking for something to eat. So I'm going to go eat. 
While I'm eating, every 10 seconds of while I'm eating, I'll probably be eating and watching a show or doing something, a child will be dying every 10 seconds. Like, how do I process that? How do I even deal with that? God is provider every 10 seconds. Or wait, or do I just look at Psalm as God is creator? So there's a hermeneutical issue here. There's a reality issue here. There's a, there's a, a whole host of deep questions to be answered here. So first, let me just look, let's just read a little bit of Psalm 104. So what I want you to do, your today's focus, I want you to think of God as provider or creator. I want you to just struggle with that, but I really want you to look at Psalm 104. I know, I know, I know. For the Bible study exercise, if you listen to my podcast, you're supposed to be doing a seven-day reading plan um, on the seven signs of Jesus and the seven I am statements mixed in with Elijah and Elisha. So you got plenty to do there, but hey, come on, come on. You can also spend some time today in Psalm 104, right? Here we go. Let's just read Psalm 104. I'm going to be just using the Bible that happened to be open right underneath the microphone, since this is the one here. Here we go. My soul, bless the Lord. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. He wraps himself in light as if it were a robe spreading out the sky like a canopy laying the beams of his palace on the waters above, making the clouds his chariot, walking on the wings of the wind and making the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. All right, now, okay, all right, here we go. Uh, Someone who obviously listens and pay attention just uh, sent in the uh, chat These are notes from a 2013 podcast of yours about God's provision. Key thing to remember, God's provisions are not equal. Someone is, someone is using my previous notes. I don't even keep my previous notes. That is awesome that someone remembers what I said in 2013. That's awesome. All right. But, but we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. I don't know if I'm going to even come to the same conclusion because I'm always struggling with these things. But when we read Psalm 104, the, the scriptures I just read, Verses one through four, that to me clearly is focusing on God's, God as creator. Really, the focus is on God as creator. Now, here's the question. We all agree God creates. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Clearly, he created. There's no question there. There's, there's just absolutely no question there. Now, we know that not only did he create there is some provision connected to his creation. Don't we have to agree that there is at least some level of provision there? I mean, he created, or you could say this, he create his in his creation, there clearly there are things in creation where we are provided. Yes, creation is created in such a way where, yes, things grow. Animals, plants. Obviously, air, okay, water. There are, the, there are those things that there is a general, like the creation is created in such a way that the, the creation itself provides, and we believe God would be the one behind it. So do we, do we see the provision coming from the creation, which God created, or do we see it coming from God? Well, in some ways, we say that it comes from God because, well, we are to thank God even for our daily bread. So there, then God is seen as provider. But the psalm itself right now, to me, is focusing more on, uh, uh, more as him being creator. Verse 5, uh, he established, Psalm 104, he established the earth on its foundations. 
it will never be shaken. You covered it with the deep as if it were a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank. To the place you established for them, you set a boundary they cannot cross. They will never cover the earth again. Now, this is showing God's creative power and is basically him, him as creator and his omnipotence, his, his power over creation. I mean, he created it and he clearly has the power over creation. Creation will do whatever God tells it to do, which raises so many questions. All right. Verse 10, he causes the springs to gush into the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They supply water for every wild beast. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live beside the springs. They make their voices heard among the foliage. He waters the mountains from his palace. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labor. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your labor. Now, that's still God as creator, but it's showing that in his creation, he causes it to then provide. So then that makes God provider, right? Now, right, that sounds great. That sounds like, this sounds almost like the Garden of Eden, right? It, uh, it sounds amazing, right? The, he causes the springs to gush into the valleys. They flow between the mountains. They supply the water for every wild beast. The wild donkey quench their thirst. The birds of the sky live besides the springs. They make their voices heard among the fo- 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 foliage. Uh, He waters the mountains from uh, his palace. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of your labor. I mean, it sounds like this amazing place. Like you could draw a picture of this. It's wonderful. It not only shows God's power as creator. Could we say God as sustainer? God as provider? But I don't know if you've ever paid attention to our earth. There's times where the spring... Springs are not gushing into the valley. There are times where the water is not flowing between the mountains. There are times where the wild beasts, they don't have water. They die of thirst. The birds, you don't hear them, uh, you know, you know, making their voices heard if, uh, among the foliage because it's not there. <laughs> the foliage is gone. <laughs> it's not there there's, because it's all dried up. I mean, I'll just, this is not even close to a great example, but it's an example of just my own, my own life. When I I lived in Nebraska for 10 years because of the United States military, and I moved back to Texas in 2000, we drove back into West Texas. I believe it was August of 2000. Oh my goodness. We pulled into this place. It looked like death. I mean, because we were in the middle of a severe drought here in West Texas. It was horrifying. The grass, you, if you walked on the grass, it just crumbled into dust. It, was, it wasn't, forget green, it was like a, almost a brown. If you just stepped on it, it would just crunch under your feet. The ground, everywhere you look, was dirt. The, no, not far from my house is a lake sometimes referred to as Lake Kirby, okay? There's water in it right now. But in 2000, 
When we drove past it, you could literally walk across the entire lake. There was literally no, there was no water in the lake. And I mean, you could see things that had died because there was no water. It was, we were in serious drought conditions. It was, it was like 110. It was crazy. It was like so bad. Now that's just, now that's not even anything close to what you can find in Africa. That's not even close to how you can find in certain parts of the country, some parts of the world where people are dying because of famine, dying because there's no water, dying because there's no food. I mean, there's, there's just no way to get around that. So when you read this, th- these pictures are beautiful, right? Verse 14, he causes grass to grow for the livestock and provides crop for man to cultivate, producing food from the earth, wine that makes what, uh, human hearts glad, making his face shine with oil and bread that sustains human hearts. I want you today spend the day reading Psalm 104. Look, there's much here, and we and th- we are to praise God not for His. Now, one. Now, this is important because we've been ta- we talked about the struggle with prayer and how do we pray. We we definitely in prayer every single day. We can praise God for Him being Creator because He did create all that exists. We can praise Him for His power. We can praise him for his wisdom and creation. We can, we, there, we definitely can always, when, when we don't know what else to pray, we can praise God for his character. We can praise God for his attributes. We can praise God for his power, for his creative power. We can pray that he sustains it because, I mean, we're still here. We can praise God that, and thank God. Remember the distinction between praise and thanking God. I can thank God for air that I'm breathing. I can thank God that my heart is still beating. So we definitely can can bring in praise and thanksgiving here, but it raises the question. While I'm reading this, I got to remember every 10 seconds. It's eight, I've been now broadcasting for 18 minutes and 10 seconds. How many children have died just in the time that I've been broadcasting? Now, I know it's an average, but you get the idea. You break that average down about every 10 seconds, a child dies of starvation somewhere in the world. That is hard for me to wrap my mind around. So I understand him being create creator. Now it's still that still raises plenty of questions for any thinking person. He created a world knowing everything that was going to happen in it. Now you either have to believe everything that happened in it negative was never a part of his original plan, meaning God lost control of his creation almost instantaneously, and it cannot yet regain control of it. That is a troubling thought, or somehow all of this is a part of his sovereign plan, which is really, 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 really hard to reconcile in your mind with the fact that God is loving and caring and compassionate and merciful when all of the suffering and dying is going on around us. Or you have to then imply that he lost control, but he now doesn't have the power to regain control of it now. I mean, you just you just end up in this circular, just a bit, it's almost like a, a swirling downward into very much frustration and discouragement trying to process how it all works. Psalm 104, I mean, I want you to just think about it. How do you, how do you, on one hand, I want this to be more of an interpretive challenge. How do you go through Psalm 4 and understand it in light of the reality of millions of people dying every year from starvation, a child dying every 10 seconds, 3.1 million 
over 844 million. I can't remember. It's some uh, some staggering number of how many people suffer from, you know, undernourishment every single year in this world. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I don't have any easy answers for it. Now, I'm going to throw out a couple of thoughts. I, first, I, I want you, I'm going to leave a Psalm 104 for you to think about today. I want you to really read it today. I want you to just listen to it. I want you to just meditate on it, right? On one hand, I, we, I want you to see God's power in creation. I want you to see him as creator, absolutely. And we do know that at least to some level, I mean, this, this part I believe is true. And I think Psalm, o, Psalm 104 makes it clear that God created the creation in such a way that to some level, it does sustain us. In other words, he kind of built into his creation a, a, a level of provision that is, that is pretty amazing the way it works, right? I mean, we live on this planet and we have air, obviously. We have obviously an entire cycle where we do get water through rain. We do crops. We can grow things. I mean, all the things that is on this earth to sustain us. It is a miraculous and it is amazing considering how many people, what, 9 billion, I think is the current population on earth. I'd have to look at that. I believe it's 9 billion. 9 billion people are on this earth and how many are sustained. Now, clearly there's a many that are not, but how many of us are sustained daily? And it, and it's built in almost into the creation. Now, God ultimately deserves the credit, but so there is some level of provision there. We can't completely deny it. And I think Psalm 104, it's, it's poetry, so it's using poetic language. So I don't think you can read this like, hey, this is the way it's always supposed to be, but it definitely demonstrates God as creator. And in that creation is almost a provision, a system of provision. Is that a good way of saying it? That built into creation is a system of provision. And, oh, yes, yes, yes. I now remember this. Yeah, all right. Yes, okay. I definitely remember that 2013, con that controversy got me in a lot of trouble. Yes, there was a church doing a VBS. And they were doing a VBS thing, basically telling the children, God will take care of you. God will provide for you. You're never going to be hungry. And I, at the same time, I came across that famous, 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 famous photo. And you can find it online. It's, just, it's, a, it's a heartbreaking photo. Um, it's, it's world famous now. There's a bird. There's a bird, right? And it's like a buzzard. And it's waiting, it's waiting to eat something that dies. Well, when you see the bird is standing there and laying basically on the ground, kneeling down, is a child starving to death. And uh, I, I, a lot of people see that picture. And it's like, well, God said he would provide for the birds. He said he would provide for the birds. Well, he's providing for the bird because that child's going to starve to death. And that bird is going to feast on, that scavenger is going to feast on that body of that dead child. It's horrifying. So I just brought this up and I, I offended all kinds of Christians. Well, what do you want us to do? I just, I, all I know is we have to just, we have to at least deal with these realities. So in one hand, I want us to at least, Psalm 104 I want you to, I really want you to just live, a part of me wants you to focus on Psalm 104 today. I, I am trying to drive that point home, but I want you to at least see that there is some level of reality that within this creation, there is a built-in system of provision. 
Now, you can see where things can go horribly wrong with this. One, in this world where a system of provision is built, this world is obviously impacted by the fall. No, everyone can, everyone, all of creation groans, right? So therefore there is disease, there is famine, there is horrible weather situations, there is drought, there is, there is, there's all the horrible things that happen because we live in a fallen world. So we, so in creation, there is a built-in system of provision, but said system of provision is impacted by the results of the fall. Now, some people say, well, see, that, get God, that gets God off the hook. Well, no, not necessarily, because one, he didn't have to allow the fall to impact creation, did he? He could have sustained creation because creation wasn't guilty of the fall. Adam and Eve was guilty. He could have let it affect humans, not creation. But part of the punishment is now humans have to live in a creation because they committed sin, so now all of creation suffers. Well, but one, God knew when he created everything, this is going to happen. So, I mean, it still goes back to God, but at least we can see that creation itself has a system of provision that is negatively impacted by the results of the fall. Everyone can agree with that. Second, the system of provision is also negatively impacted by sinfulness of man. In many places in Africa, you can send in a billion dollars of aid and then who's ever in charge of the particular area region, uh, whichever particular country within Africa, they will, in many cases, use that those things coming in to try to, that humanitarian aid and take it and use it for their own evil purposes and the people don't actually get it. So some cases, so, so. The system of provision is impacted by the results of the fall and the impact, the system of provision is impacted by the sinfulness of man. There's just no way to get around it. Greed, war, selfishness. uh, I mean, all the horrible things that go down. There's just no way to get around. We have to acknowledge that. Now, God still created it knowing it was going to happen, but we can definitely see there. All right. So, the system of provision is impacted by the fall. The system of provision is impacted by uh, man's sinfulness. I think that's a good way to, 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 to do so. Number three, I, th- I think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to separate three from two. They're, they're related because it deals with sin, but I'm going to, I want to separate it and you'll see why. All right. You're going to, you're going to see why. So uh, see if this makes sense. All right. The system of provision is impacted by the fall, right? We live in an imperfect world. There's going to be storms and drought and all of the crazy things that happen every year uh, on this planet. All right. We all know that. Number two, it's going to be impacted by man's sinfulness. And what I mean by that primarily is because of men killing and abusing and and misusing and 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 stealing and all of the things that go on within the world because of man's sinfulness right because of man's sinfulness that then keeps that provision from working the way it's supposed to and then number 3 i want to separate this one out because i really want us to think about it i wonder and this one i'm going to state it in a more question form instead of being so dogmatic And I know this one isn't easy. I wonder how much 
of the system of provision not sustaining or providing due to a church that seems more interested in self than in others. I wonder how much of the system of provision not working the way it's supposed to because of the church that is preoccupied with self and not in others. Let me explain what I mean. Um, I, I did a podcast, I don't remember how long ago, that talk, and because I've been you know struggling with what, what are we really getting from the church? What are we really getting from the church, right? So let me explain. The ch- churches, in the, I think it's just in the United States of America alone, I don't think we even look globally, brings in, well, billions, over billions of dollars a year Church money comes into churches over, I think it was like a hundred and something billion dollars, some crazy number of money that comes into churches every single year. Most of that money, well over 50% of that money, according to the study that we were looking at, goes to simply the building, just maintaining the building, just keeping the building operating. Now, building is not operating, obviously, as a soup shelter. It's not operating as a homeless shelter. No, it's operating for fun, food, and activities for the people who go there. Most of the money goes to just maintaining the building, improving it, expanding it, making it better, building more more equipment, more this, more that. All the money goes there. There, There's just no no way to get around that. And then the rest of the money goes to staff. You know, music director, youth director, associate pastor, pastor, you know, all Sunday school director, uh, multimedia director, all the things it goes to. So so the church, for the most part, they, there's very little they can do because it's and, and at the same time, you can't I'm not blaming this. I'm just I'm just acknowledging the reality of it. I mean, I, sometimes I look at our church. Now, our church, we, ha- we have a rule pretty much in our church it's, uh, because I basically stated, stated this from the very first week or two that this is going to be a church that will help people. And if you're not in support of helping people, you need to go find another church. I was just straight up about it. Like, I'm not, we're not going to have big meetings about it. We're, no, if people need help, we've got money, we're going to use it. Now, if we don't have the money, we won't. Now, we'll, we'll always be wise with how we help people, but we will. Now, we've been ripped off. We've been completely taken advantage of. Sometimes I, I laugh at people. Well, in fact, all of our church, it's a joke. When a, as soon as someone walks into the building, we almost immediately go, okay, I wonder what they need. And we don't mean that like, what do they need spiritually? Because we almost know when a visitor walks in, in our church, most of the time, they're not there to ever, they're, they're going to be there one time. They're never coming back. They're never going to, we're never going to hear from them again, but they're about to, at the end of the service, ask us f- to pay a bill, pay their electric bill, car payment, rent, you name it. Uh, sometimes they will even come in like a uh, one time this guy came in and he had like a bank bag and it was full of bills. And he's like, can you help with this? Can you help with this? Can you? And it's like, what in the world? Do you look where you are? You're in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. Look at our broken down building. <laughs> okay. I don't even, I don't even get, I don't even have a salary. Like, like I'm still currently, for those who know, we're, we're, we are, our church has reached, we've reached a kind of a, a tipping point as a church, right? We've reached a tipping point. Our, our, our sound system 
is dates it, it was put into place in 2001 the only thing we've changed is from a computer to a laptop all right it's 2000 it's it's over ladies and gentlemen we've got to replace it we're in we're in we're in bad shape we i can't even turn off and turn on the amplifier that we use to be able to live stream it it you know i have to just plug it unplug it because it doesn't even work anymore we got to replace it i mean we're basically now we're 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 at the end and if we don't we're going to be out this laptop that i'm using it's at the end so we're working now to see if we can replace the sound equipment and get a, we're going to try to get a Mac. We're going to try to get, I know people say, well, that's, that's over the top. Well, what, at some point we got to get, we got to either just say, we've got to get what we need to make everything work moving forward. So we're, we're trying to get a Mac and a new amplifier and um, possibly a new wireless mic system. Well, that costs money. That costs money. That costs money. Now, I don't like that, but churches know that things cost money. So it, it's always this like, how do you balance this out? Because at the same time, what could the church be doing to help people? Now, we all do know, we do know this. Now, this, this is just a reality. Because the provision system that's built into creation is impacted by the fall, right? That means there's always going to be a need. Somewhere, somewhere, there's always going to be a need. There's going to be people starving somewhere. I mean, that's never going to stop. I mean, look, I, I, I was a teenager in the 80s. We are the world. Remember that? Remember all that move to, to send billions of dollars to Africa, right? To stop starvation. Man, I was, I was all for that as a teenager. I was supporting that. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Donate money, whatever I could do. Bought a shirt, everything, bought the single, everything I could do to try to help. Well, by the 90s, I think the very areas that were being helped were right back to the same problem. So we we do know that in some cases you're like, well, how do we fix this? Okay, how do we fix this? So we do know that just because of the, the nature of the fault, that these problems continue and the nature of man's sin. So when it comes to the church, on one hand, I do believe the church gets in billions of dollars. And I do, in many cases, we're more worried about building our little mini empires and our fellowship halls and our basketball courts and our our youth room where the kids can play, you know, Xbox or PlayStation. And it's just like at some point you're like, this is so self-serving. But on the other hand, what do you do? So I think the church has to be willing to help. So we've always tried to help. We've been, like I said, sometimes I just look around like, why would you stop here? Like of all the churches you could stop at, you stop at this place? Really? Like, come on. I mean, I, let me let me direct you to some churches who their bathrooms are bigger than our entire building. I mean, for crying out loud. Okay, come on. But uh, it's, it's, just, it's kind of funny sometimes. It's kind of funny. But you know what? Um, we do what we can. We do what we can. We do. We try our best. We try our best. And it's not, it's not always easy. I can't imagine all the demands that can happen to a large church. So how do you manage that? So in one way, like in theory, I would like to believe, well, all the problems of the world could be fixed if the church would put forth as much energy into building our little mini kingdoms into sustaining and feeding and sheltering people. But we all know that there, there, there comes like, I don't, I don't think that that, I don't, there's no answer. That's never going to work completely. I think what you can do is focus on 
the situations you are aware of and do what you can there. I think that's what you have to do. It's a, it's a hard balance there. Like on some, in some ways, I know, especially atheists, agnostics, they constantly, they constantly put the blame at the church, right? I mean, they always do that, right? And sometimes it's frustrating. They'll take a picture of a big mega church and like, I wonder how many people they could have fed. I want, and, and sometimes you're like, no, come on now, come on now, come on. On one hand, if that church didn't exist, they wouldn't even have the money to be able to like, because you got to have a gathering place for people to give the money. So I, like, I, I, I struggle with that. I understand the, the mindset, but I struggle. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. And someone reminded me of what I said in 2013. Obviously, I mean, there's just no way to get around this. Obviously, if we believe all, all per- now we do have just a natural system. And I think Psalm 104 is just kind of giving us the outline of the natural system, Right? We have a natural system of provision built into the creation. I think that's what Psalm 104 is emphasizing. I do believe that. I do believe it's impacted by the fall, by man's sin, and maybe by the fact that sometimes as Christians, we place ourselves before others. So therefore, we're not helping those that we can. I think there's at least a little bit of that. But I think we have to be honest with this. If we believe provision is... If we believe provision is based off the sovereign work of God, there's no way to get around this fact. And this is going to be uncomfortable. That provision is not equal. And I mentioned it in 2013, and I'm glad someone mentioned it now, but it's just just no way to get around it. Just look in the United States of America. Now, you could say there's lots of reasons why, because again, sometimes it's not equal because of the fall man's own sin, right? But not everyone is born in the same situation. Some of you were born and you never worried about a meal for one second. You had more than enough. Not only did you have three meals a day, you had snacks, you had a parent to make it for you. It was a wonderful, great life. Praise God that you had that. Never forget others didn't even know sometimes where the next meal was coming from. Went days without food. Didn't maybe even have a parent to take care of them. Now, sometimes those things happen as a result of sin. We, we can never, we can never, and what I say is the sin of the parents or the, you know, alcohol or drugs or, you know, we, we, sin always comes into play. Put it this way, sin always breaks everything. That's one thing that's a fact. So God provider or creator, I think he's both. I think Psalm 104, to me, and you can, I didn't read all of it. So I definitely, you know, I'm not giving everything away. I want you to, I want you to spend time with it. I think it shows him as creator and as a creator in his wisdom, he he created a planet earth that has a system of provision built into it. He still gets the credit for it because he's the creator, but there's a system there. And that system has to be, well, it can be, it's impacted by the fall. It's impacted by man's sin. And it can be impacted by the fact that sometimes the church, who we're, we're in the middle of that system of provision. We, we're taking what's being provided to build our, what we want. Here, here's a question. I, this is the question I have for myself in regards to that point. 
Yesterday, I did something rare. I did something very rare yesterday. At the end of one of my broadcasts, I asked people to help us try to buy the new computer and new sound system because without all, I mean, the last broadcast got messed up and I think it was because the laptop's having problems. Um, I need help or we can't do it. And I rarely ever ask for help. So I was thinking about this. What if, what if all of a sudden today I go and someone I went to theologycentral.net or the church one app hit give and I go look here in a minute and I get a notification that we got, let's just say $2,000 in, right? $2,000, obviously that would, that would take care of everything. Um, but then I got the $2,000 in. Awesome. I'm going to go order the Mac. I'm going to, I'm going to start working on getting everything else ready to go. All right. I'm all excited. I get all excited. Either phone call, phone rings. Hey, pastor, um, there's someone who, uh, this is what's going on in their family. They definitely need some help. Now, wait a minute. We just got $2,000 into the church account. Mm, man, I, be, I need that computer. I need that sound system. But they need help. Mm. But, but I'm using the computer for the Lord's work. I'm doing podcasting. I mean, we, we, we broadcast our sermons. But they need help. How much do they need? Well, $2,000 would make sure they got groceries and their rent would be paid and their car payment would be. Oh, 2000? Are you sure it's 2000? <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe we could give them 100? No, no, they need 2000. Well, do we have the Well, I mean, we got 2000 in just a little while ago because someone was going to help us buy a new computer. What 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 should I do? I wonder sometimes if God's provision we have the system of provision, but I wonder how much of provision is supposed to happen through the hands of God's people. I'm just, look, you can, you can sit there and go, wow, that is messed up that you would even struggle. I'm just being honest with you. What would I do? Well, look, I've never pretended to be a saint. I've always said I'm a sinner sitting in front of a microphone. What would I do? I, I don't know. I, I know. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what I would do. I'd be like, you know what? Let's help the help them. And I know what would happen. I know what would happen because, well, I put it this way. I can't. I can't say for sure what would happen. I know what has happened in basically 20 years of ministry. We would help the people, and we would never hear from them. <laughs> we would never get a thank you. <laughs> They would never, they wouldn't come to the church. I, I, I don't think I've ever received a thank you uh, from anyone, okay? Maybe a couple of people, but I, most of the time, we don't ever hear from the people ever again. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So we would help them, never hear from them again, never see them again. And then we would be right back to where we are. Well, we got a computer barely hanging on and we got a sound system barely hanging on. But you know what? Let's just keep using what we got and being grateful for it. Let's thank God for, for what he has given us. Let's praise God for who he is. See, once again, your, your lack, whatever we're missing, we still can praise God for his character, right? God is still creator. 
He's all these. Remember, the attributes of God are true no matter what we experience. That's a, that's a very important theological principle. Whatever uh, God's attributes are not determined or changed or our, our, our view of them should be influenced by what we experience. God's attributes are God's attributes. And then we can always have something. We, 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 I can thank God for breathing. I can thank God for air. I can thank God for sunlight. I can thank God for the smallest thing. But I can ultimately thank God for obviously all that he has done for me in salvation. It's just funny that the the devotional book wants to focus on the provision in Psalm 104. The Bible chapter heading, they want to focus on him as creator. And then my iPad is saying, but every 10 seconds, a child starves to death. And I'm like, how do you reconcile all? That's the, I I, I think that's the, the, the struggle of the Christian life, right? Isn't that the struggle of the Christian life? We have these truths about God that are, dogmatically asserted in scripture. We know God is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, present everywhere. God is love. God is merciful. God is gracious. Okay, these are, these are clear, dogmatic, asserted, truthful claims about God. We know them to be true by faith. But please note, by faith, we know these to be true. But at the same time, we live in a world that seems to scream, where is your loving God? Where is your all-powerful God? Where is your present God when people are starving and dying? And we sometimes, we don't have the answers. And that's where really you have to, in some cases, all you can do is say, I know this to be true by faith, but I don't understand how it works in a world that seems to contradict it. It's that real, it's a struggle between faith and reality. Now, I don't think faith should make us deny reality and blind to reality. I think what we have to do is by faith, acknowledge reality. I mean, how does Job understand a sovereign, all-powerful God allowing him to suffer over and over and over and over and over and never, has never given an answer. That's one of the things I love about the book of Job. So God, as creator, created a system of provision built into creation. That system is impacted by the fall, by sin, and I think sometimes those of us who are God's children tend to focus on self more than on others. Which, this is convicting to me because I just asked people to help me for what? Well, to do what I'm doing right now, to, to replace this laptop that me, it's got to go. I mean, it, it's just getting to that point. And the sound system, I mean, the sound system is in 2001, it's 2020. We've not spent any money on updating it in 20 something years. So how do, how do you, how do you balance all of that out? I don't know. But I, I, I think at least, so I just want you to spend some time in Psalm 104 today. Psalm 104. Psalm 104. I mean, this is only supposed to be 15 minutes long, so I've already gone longer than I needed to, but I wanted to at least struggle with this. We've gone 47 minutes. All right, there we go. All right, I need to get food. See, I'm going to provide for myself. 
but we obviously have to provide for ourselves, or then then we would need. So I mean, we got to obviously sustain ourselves. I don't know how you work all of that out. I just know that in some cases, I mean, this is just a reality. And, and we could we could add another thing. I, I, I'll just throw this out there. Sometimes this system of provision that's built into creation is impacted by false religion. And that's a fact. Sometimes there's people starving and they won't eat the cow walking by them because they believe it's their, you know, reincarnated great-grandmother. Now, that, that, I, know, I know people who have other religions don't like hearing that, but from a Christian perspective, that system of provision is being ignored because of your false religion. All right, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I hope this was added some things different than my 2013 podcast episode. I hope it did. I hope it did. I really hope it did. And hopefully it gives you much to think about and contemplate. But please spend time in Psalm 104. I love, love to get your thoughts and observations on the chapter. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. God bless.